Yemunla, you're listening to Karakaramo EV, Karakaramo, the English version. Karakaramo is a podcast about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. I'm your host, Patra M, and you're about to listen to a mini-sode dedicated to the Conchelle International Film Festival held online from May 21st to May 23rd of 2021. <laughs> Well, this is it, the final episode of this mini-series dedicated to the first Conchelle International Film Festival. It was held online from May 21st to May 23rd of 2021. I'm really hoping it will become a sustainable platform to help build up the cinema industry in the Caribbean. I spent the month of May celebrating filmmakers from the Caribbean and its diaspora, and it felt so good. As a media partner, Caro Caraman got to do audio interviews with Nadesh Rota, who directed Paris Blues in Harlem, Crystal N. Adams, who directed Pie, Apple of My Eye, with Tanya Perez, who directed Remembering When the Clowns Came, Inside Clowns Without Borders, with Alain Bidar, who directed Reflection, with Wally Fall, who directed Fouilles Etoiles, Plowing the Stars. If you listen to their episode, you'll see how they connect their Caribbean identity to their art, regardless if they were born or not in the Caribbean, regardless if they grew up in the region or in the diaspora. They shared the same work ethic, the desire to represent humanity in its diversity, but most importantly, they shared this great passion for storytelling and they're willing to do it as a community. Passion and community are also the words that come to mind when I think of Magali Collimont, the founder of the Conchelle International Film Festival. She gave me the opportunity to moderate my first panel in English, Caribbean Films and Language, Strategies to Highlight Authentic Narratives in a Multilingual Setting. The video of this panel, as well as other panels, will be available soon on demand. Make sure to check them out because these discussions only highlighted the fact that we have the tools, we have the quality content to make it big and get our narratives out there. This is essentially what I talked about with Magali in her interview. Make sure to check out the episode with her. Her main goal is to help to create a long-lasting community of Caribbean filmmakers. Now, to end this CSIFF miniseries, I would like to share a story of my own with the words of filmmakers Caleb Grandois, Gay Magnus and Clinton Roche. It's time for the Yikrik Yikrak. The Yekrik Yekrak is the segment in which I tell you the plot of the film. Okay, first film, only seen as three, by Caleb Grandois. It was released in 2020. Caleb Grandois is Haitian-American. Only seen as three is based on the poem, same old, he wrote, inspired by childish Gambino's music video, This is America, 
and Ricky Stubbs' short film, The Cage, it's about how young black men are seen only through three negative stereotypes. Film number two, One Party. It's a short film written by Gay Magnus, released in 2017. Gay Magnus is Jamaican. An impatient man enters a party shop. All he wants is one party. Instead, he learns a valuable life lesson. The hard way. And last but not least, film number three, Sweet Rind, written by Clinton Roach and released in 2020. Clinton Roach is Jamaican. A bereaved woman captures a notorious scammer and killer to teach him a lesson. She struggles with forgiving, though ending his life seems justified. About an hour before the start of my panel, I took a nap. At that time, we were in the midst of moving out of our house, so I was exhausted and anxious. I was anxious because I wanted to release the written interviews of Caleb Condois, Clinton Roche and Gay Magnus before the end of the festival. However, I couldn't come up with an approach to mix their words with mine. I didn't want to disappoint them. Just like for the audio interviews, I wanted them to get the best I could offer within my possibilities. So here I was, slipping my anxiety away, and I had a dream. In that dream, I could see myself getting frustrated, staring at my laptop screen. The blank page was just a reflection of the lack of connections I felt. I wanted to talk about them, but the written answer they had given me didn't have enough details for me to build a podcast script the way I usually did. That's when I heard Samuel... Archer's voice go, you should do a documentary. These words, he said them a few times during our discussion the day before, whenever someone would go deep into explaining something. So, okay, Samuel Archer is a composer. So we talked about music and I told him why I started the hashtag Stream Caribbean and how Guadeloupian musicians were scared to shoot for the international scene. And y'all know how passionate I can get when I speak about this issue. So I guess that's the reason he went, you should do a documentary about it. In my dream, I realized that was the way to go also for these written interviews. Just act like this is a documentary. Observe and let the world speak to you. So during my panel, I introduced my imaginary Caribbean filmmaker friend, figuring out their way to create and promote authentic narratives in a multilingual setting. With this friend in mind, Pauline Cabidoche, Rachel Osborne and Mishaida Philip shared their experiences and expertise and highlighted several strategies that any Caribbean filmmaker can use. By the way, I heard that... My panel was a great panel. Everything is a bit of a blur for me, <laughs> but I can tell you I was feeling cute because I had my favorite lipstick on. Anyway, all throughout the evening, this imaginary filmmaker was by my side while I watched panels about financing your film, music scoring, the masterclass with Monty Ross. Ask yourself how your films can improve your community. These words 
will stay with me for a while. And then I went to the after party at 3 in the morning. Look, I burned all my all-nighters credit in my 20s. So let me tell you how staying up was a struggle. But I don't regret going to the after party because I got to actually talk with Caleb and Clinton. I watched them move, I listened to what they had to say and my imaginary friend kept making comments like, don't you see? Um, yes, this is what I'm talking about. So then... I read over and over again the, their, their film's summaries. Then I went to bed, and when I woke up four hours later, I was ready to dive into the Caribbean connections. The Caribbean Connection segment is to discuss how a film makes me reflect on my identity as a black woman, as an Afro-Caribbean woman, as a Guadeloupian woman, and as a French woman. Do you know what it's like to watch a film and then sit around just thinking about the way the viewing experience changed you? This is how I felt every time I finished watching a film of the CSIFF selection. I'm not easily overwhelmed. I think I was born unbothered and yet none of this film left me neutral. Each of them challenged my mindset and my definition of what being Caribbean means and my vision of what a Caribbean film is. According to Guadeloupian filmmaker Christian Lara in the 80s, a Caribbean film was a film set in the Caribbean, written or directed by a Caribbean artist and shot in Creole. In 2021, you can no longer limit your definition to this. You need to include the diaspora and the fact that there are also stories that can be told that need also to be told outside of the region. When Caleb introduced himself during the informal meet and greet on Saturday, he said that he was a poet. I don't read poetry. I know a couple of white French poets because it's part of the high school syllabus. I came across a few black poets from the US, mostly when they were mentioned in black films. Now that I'm on the Caribbean bookstagram, I learn about Caribbean poets other than Aimé Césaire and Édouard Clisson, who were both from Martinique. But still, I don't read poetry. So my only representation of a young black poet is Darius Love Hall in Love Jones. I didn't think a young black man in 2021 would call himself a poet, which shows the work I still need to do to deconstruct my prejudices. And I don't mean that I cannot imagine a young black man being a poet. To be completely honest with you, Caleb Grandois has the vibe of Nolan, the male leader created For Noël Love, the Christmas romance I published on my blog last year. I think that's what actually caught me off guard because his vibe was totally different from the character he plays in his film and it's called acting. I know. My point is there's a lack of diversity in visual representation for black men in their 20s, 
That's why I can write thoughtful and straightforward men, but still get caught off guard when I actually meet one. To me, poetry is about honesty, vulnerability, and sensibility, which are things that mainstream representation won't associate young black men with. The three words Caleb uses to describe his film are poetic, relatable, and challenging, because while it's based on a poem, it also gives two sides to the coin. While society sees us as one thing, we often only see ourselves as one thing, no matter how hard we try. Some of us can't seem to look past that and find a way to be more. In episode 6, I talked about Neg Marron by Jean-Claude Barney and the nuanced representation of young Afro-Caribbean men, but Neg Marron was released in 2005 and it was set in Guadeloupe. Only Seen as Three is a contemporary representation of the tension between what a young black man may want to be, how society perceives him and how his peers want him to be. Growing up in this context of police brutality, of white supremacy, of black people wrongfully killed every day, everywhere, that's, that's, you know, we had a case in Guadeloupe back in December 2020. Let me say his name, Claude Jean-Pierre. He was 70 year old. He got pulled over by the police. And you know how the story goes. His family has been marching and protesting and asking for justice. We're in May 2021. Still no investigation. And French media started talking about the situation like two weeks ago. And they showed footage of his death. In moments like this, I feel so powerless and so sorry for the generations coming after mine, Caleb's generation, my little sister's generation. I wish they had the freedom to just be. I wish they didn't have to wear these invisible shackles that the system puts on us. Although the poem this short film is based on is called Same Old, I do think artists like Caleb can help raise the awareness that eventually will lead to a new society. That's also what Sweet Rind is about, to remind us that everyone has a dark side and that survival can make you do bad things. Clinton Roach describes the film as honest, layered symbolic and daring. Honest because the subject matter of scamming was approached without filters. Symbolic or layered because the use of symbolism is a major layer used in the film on purpose to elicit a deeper understanding and conversation with each viewing. Daring because the main character, who is a Christian, tortures the antagonist beneath the cross in the church her father built. The story unfolds in a way that keeps you changing your lens on how to approach what's good and what's evil. In the Caribbean films that I've watched so far, religion is never questioned. It's either there 
Oh, it's not. And when I say religion, I mean Christianity as well as voodoo or obia. It's everywhere in our daily lives. You know, each Saturday I listen to a radio station in Guadeloupe so I can keep up with what people, um, which kind of music people listen to over there. And there's this one ad about offering voodoo obia service to bring back a loved one, for instance, that run, this ad runs like at least once an hour, which always makes me smile. But also it makes me wonder who would actually call that number and how many people would actually call that number. Would they ask for something good or something evil? Religion can bring you the comfort, the confidence, the validation you need to thrive in life, but it can also bring you pain. In the name of religion, people still get rejected for who they are or have to hide who they are. In the name of religion, people still get killed today. So that's why I say Sweet Rind challenges the idea of what's good and what's evil. Slavery is a system that Christians justified by using religion. And without going much into details, Sweet Rind also challenges the representation of slavery. Remember to check out my first special edition. It's a guidebook on the representation of slavery in French cinema and television. While some directing choices in Sweet Rind made me, let's say, uncomfortable, the film shows the power dynamics among enslaved black people and it's actually a history lesson. And you know, May is the month France decided to use to celebrate the two abolitions of slavery. In Guadeloupe and Martinique, enslaved black people used the conch shell to communicate, and I thought it happened all across the Caribbean. But Sweet Rind tells us about the abeng, which is a horn that Jamaican Maroons used to communicate. During our discussion, Clinton mentioned how he was thinking about screening his films in schools or at least in universities. And this is definitely what we need. The representation of slavery in mainstream media is only the black American experience. It's more than time that our Caribbean narratives are also shared. We need to create a visual discourse about what survival meant in the slavery system in the Caribbean. Again, if you want to hear more about how French cinema and television control the narrative around the representation of slavery, make sure to check out my first special edition. I was going through old files while cleaning out my room and I came across the first script I wrote when I was like 14, 15. It, it's a high school romance, like you got served meets saves the last dance but in France go ahead you can laugh my script was very problematic however I did write a scene about a debate on slavery in class I think I have a scene like that in every high school stuff I've written in the past 20 years and my point is people keep complaining about how Hollywood only cares about slave films where black people suffer and they're tired of narratives centered around enslaved black people. I agree, we're multidimensional and we deserve to have films with big budgets like Black Panther or small budgets like Pariah. Films that help improve 
our community. However, as long as we don't take back control of the slavery narratives, how can you say there are too much films or there are enough films? I don't know. But with that said, if there's one thing Caribbean people are known for, it's their sense of humor which can be a disadvantage sometimes, right? Like, people don't take you seriously if they know you from the Caribbean. In France, successful Afro-Caribbean filmmakers only make comedies, and nine times out of ten, they just perpetuate negative stereotypes about black people. I think that's why I don't really enjoy comedies. They might make me smile, but a genuine laugh? And yet, Gay Magnus managed to make me laugh with one party. She describes her film with the words, Passions. Nothing lasts forever, good or bad. Problems have a way of working themselves out. Community. The film takes place in a party shop, one of the few places where Jamaicans of all ages and from all walks of life can be found, interacted with each other. Light-hearted. The story reflects Caribbean people's tendency to take bad things make love, that is to use humor to ease the stress of bad situations. Sorry for my bad Jamaican accent. Actually, this is one of the things we mentioned during my panel. Accents play a role in creating a sense of authenticity. Honestly, the simplicity of the setting and the plot won me over. The main character is also a black man in his 20s, or maybe he's a 30-something man who happens to look younger because black don't crack. But it's not that important. What's important is we get to see him being frustrated and still controlling his anger. We get to see and feel Caribbean-ness without making fun of it. This is a slice-of-life situation. Gay Magnus broadens the representation of what comedy can be in a Caribbean setting. Comedy doesn't have to be sexual, it doesn't have to be nasty, it doesn't have to be violent, it doesn't have to be degrading. And yes, you can find humor in the most ordinary situations. All the filmmakers I met at the first Conchell International Film Festival presented their art as a way to change the world. When Caleb Grandois says, Caribbean culture influences my art by always pushing me to show people that the black community is a monolith, I feel his desire to change the narrative forced upon us. When Clinton Roach says, Caribbean culture influences my art in numerous ways, my small community was like an ongoing primetime series packed with drama, comedy, tragedy, and triumph. The cast of characters and events provided non-stop entertainment and wonder. I spent many nights reflecting on stories I heard while dreaming of the day I would make an impact on the world. I developed listening and observational skills. I am glad I had a front row seat because these were my reference points to add various layers to my stories. I understand the importance to build your own lens on the way you look at the world. As an artist, you're responsible for presenting your world with humanity. I think Gay Magnus sums it up best when she says, I have lived in the Caribbean for most of my life. My art can help but be Caribbean. It's a part of you. It's in you. The question is, as an artist, what do you do to express it with 
the respect your identity and your culture deserve? This question is essential to building our narratives because at the end of the day, it's the start to the kind of representation that people will keep in their memories and will pass on to the next generations. Clinton Walsh's first memory of a Caribbean film is Smile Orange. This Jamaican film was released in 1976. Clinton recalls how people were excited to see themselves on screen. They would gather to watch it together and there was this feeling of being a part of a community. My first memory of a Caribbean film is watching I Love You Anne directed by Richard Senecal and seeing the difference between American and Caribbean culture and feeling so proud to see my culture on screen. Caleb Grandois explains, this is my personal opinion but I do think Richard Senecal's Barricade and I Love You Anne should be as popular as Ozan Palsy's Sugarcane Alley when it comes to Caribbean coming of age stories. While Sugarcane Alley is about the Caribbean life before World War II, Barricade and I Love You Anne capture Haiti and Caribbean life from the beginning of the 21st century. And the discourse is similar to what could have been done in Guadeloupe and Martinique. Now, the opportunities for representation shouldn't be limited to cinema and to narratives taking place in the Caribbean. Gay Magnus gives us an example set in the diaspora. I watched the Desmond's TV series as a child in the 80s. It was the first time I had seen a high-quality TV production featuring Caribbean people. Even though it was set in England, I felt I knew the characters and could relate to them. As a child, I assumed the reason I didn't see ourselves on TV was because our stories were not good enough. I remember being surprised that Desmond, with their broad Caribbean accents and storylines, was being shown to the world. Now that I'm an adult, I know better. That's right, we know better now. Magali Colimont's mission with the first Conchelle International Film Festival was to disrupt the system. Each generation had filmmakers who got opportunities, but they were never enough to create momentum and actually build a Caribbean industry. With Caribbean people immigrating all around the world, with Caribbean people sharing the same culture and history through different languages, we definitely have the thriving potential to become a successful industry if we work together. To me, only Sina 3, One Party and Sweet Find are a reflection of this new era of Caribbean filmmaking we're stepping into, questioning the narrative about our past, changing the narratives about our present in order to build a future on our own terms. And you better be sure that Carl Caramon will be there to document the journey every step of the way. Thank you for listening. You can catch up on previous episodes and read more film reviews, book reviews, music reviews on carlcaramon.com. Make sure to subscribe to my newsletter and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Caro You can give Caro five stars on Apple Podcasts if you want the podcast to get more visibility. June is right around the corner. I'm an ambassador for the hashtag Great Caribbean Month. I'm planning to finish my hashtag Condé challenge, so I will be quite busy reading Marie Condé's novels. You will find me on Instagram sharing some thoughts about her books and Caribbean literature in general. That's why the podcast will come back to its regular schedule in July.
we'll talk about Green Days by the River, Mbazodi, and Caribbean Girl NYC. See you à dans d'autres soleils. Ciao, bébé.